Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush this week. So it's the final episode of 2020 for Len's Burning Bush and for 2020 going into 2021. And Christmas Day has come and gone. So I hope everybody had a great Christmas. Christmas is the equivalent to a romantic evening. You prep, you plan, you get all excited for months in advance. You get all dressed up and then in a few minutes, all the wrapping paper is off. And then you're ready to uh, close it out. It's over and uh, time for a nap. It's kind of how that, that works, works out. But I have a question. Why do we first make a big deal out of New Year's Eve? And then even more, why do we make New Year's resolutions? So New Year's is simply a calendar change, kind of the equivalent of moving the clock forward, isn't it? I mean, I know we're going for another year and we're getting older and all of that. I totally get that. But I mean, if you don't stay up on New Year's, does that mean new, the New Year's not going to happen? On December 31st at 1159, does something magical happen at midnight that I don't know about? Because I'm just trying to figure it out. As somebody who's gone through many and many a New Year's, I still don't understand. I get it. We want the horrible 2020 year over. But sometimes be careful what you wish for. Remember, last year we had big plans for 2020. And, uh, you know, look what happened there. And uh, uh, apparently the movie Mad Max was set in 2021. So I don't want to frighten anyone, but that's kind of where we are. I mean, we spend money partying on New Year's Eve. People have in the past come to New York and saw the ball drop, which I don't understand that either. Why would you want to stand outside for hours in the cold and not be able to go to the bathroom? Like, that's the things that I worry about. The other thing is New Year's resolutions. It's another, you, you, you know, you start off with a clean slate on January 1st. You always have good intentions, but you overpromise yourself things. My advice is to underpromise and overdeliver. Maybe you order that gym membership and by February you're ready to cancel. Technically, probably January 15th, most of you are ready to cancel that gym membership. You wait, you try to cancel it, but of course it's very hard to do. And those credit card charges are still on your card in July. Come on, we've all been there. That $10 membership becomes about $70, $80 before you cancel it. So lighting $70 in the driveway on fire. I just don't get it. Well, maybe my guest will. It's time to bring her out. She's the associate producer for Tim Allen's new reality show for the History Channel. Longtime friend, Mara Golding. Mara, welcome to Lens Burning Bush. And help me understand this uh, New Year's resolutions and the whole New Year's Eve thing. Because, again, I'm going to raise my hand. I don't get it. Well... I think just, um, you know, everyone's eating a lot at the holidays and with family and maybe like looking at relationships and their selves a little more closely because they're not like in the middle of the grind and then this build up to New Year's and then it's like, well, I'm not feeling great. I'm not looking great. <laughs> I think I'll sign up for that gym membership. I mean, there's also, you know, sales and, you know, advertisements and, and, marketing that I think also play into it but it is like I've also I've never been really big with New Year's because a lot of what you mentioned it's expensive and it's like for what yeah. and this pressure to have a good time and this pressure it has to be magical and pressure to have the best Instagram picture and and 
you know, if you're in a new relationship, it has to be perfect. And nothing I, is it's perfect. Like the biggest letdown on <laughs> January second. Exactly. I always thought January second was the, the most depressing day because you know you'd go through the whole holidays. Everybody's kind of a little bit nicer to each other in a normal year, right? In a normal non-COVID year, it, you know, people yeah. get excited over it. They they they're a little nicer. Maybe they tip more at a restaurant if they can go to one. You know, those type of things always seem to happen. And then it all kind of goes away. Like I talked about, the, the Christ, Christmas season goes away. And then you have January 2nd, which to me was always the biggest depressing day of the year because it was back to work, back to school, back to wherever, right? Yeah, and I think also, I think we've talked about this, that just with the commercialism with these yeah. holidays just stretches it out. So, like, the Christmas, I mean... I would rather put up a tree, you know, December 23rd and take it down the 26th. I just, my patience for it, because you're seeing it from, like, Halloween on. I know. it's. We talked about this. Uh, I have a neighbor that does uh, the right thing. They they actually, Christmas night, Christmas night, Mara, at, like, yeah. 8 o'clock, they take the Christmas tree down and put it away. That's I, I, if I had my way, I would do that, too. If I had my way... Yes, I, 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 you know, I agree. I think it's it's way overdone. I talked about the whole white elephant gift exchange, and I wanted to get your opinion on this because last week I did a show on the white elephant and the grab bag gift exchange, or, or two weeks ago. We talked about it because I was going to a white elephant gift exchange, and one of the things that I have a problem with, with, with the gift-giving experience, people just give gifts for the sake of giving gifts, and that white elephant, I, you know, is, is interesting. You, you put $20 in a pool. You know, you go buy a gift that maybe you like, and then you come home with something you don't like. So my thing is, keep the $20 and don't have a, who cares if you open anything? Just enjoy the food, enjoy everything. Why does there have to be a gift involved at the end of it? Like, I don't understand that. Well, also that I've learned um, as an adult, because, you know, I grew up Jewish and Jewish family and all of our friends were Jewish and family. I didn't realize all this gift giving exchanges were happening. Yeah, they, they don't. They, the Jews get because, left out of this. I understand. <laughs> yeah, because also like you usually, it's usually like the kids just get gifts. Yeah. Like my parents didn't exchange presents with like the adults and like friends, and there weren't Hanukkah parties where everyone brought presents. So as an adult, I found myself in all these situations where people at work would give me little presents, or like you said, these white elephant parties and the like. You know, just all these random people that would give me a gift and I never had one in return because I was not used yeah. to giving a gift to everybody I've ever even, like, looked at. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's like, put your money away. We don't need it. I don't need the gift. Put that $20. Donate it to somebody that needs it. I don't want right. it. I, I just think it's ridiculous. You could still have the white elephant party. Just get rid of the gifts. You know, grab bags. Or, you know, when you're at work and you got to bring a gift for somebody and you're on, you know, their list and you don't know what they like and you get them a Starbucks gift card, just keep the Starbucks gift card and, and be done with it, right? Why, why They can buy themselves a Starbucks gift card. Don't you agree? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, good, good. All right. One thing I wanted to talk about, so this is, uh, this is interesting. My father-in-law brought this up. So my father-in-law is 92 years old and he's living with us now. God bless him, right? right? He told me that when he was a kid, his mother had told him that if you eat, this is a tradition on New Year's Eve, so we need to do this for COVID, all right? I'm going to, if you eat sauerkraut juice, now this, this is not, doesn't sound very sexy to you, I, I get it. Sauerkraut juice on New Year's Eve, 
you will have a healthy year. So apparently Germans have been eating pork and sauerkraut on New Year's for generations because they believe it brings good luck. Um, Viel Gluck in German. I hope I said that right. As the Germans uh, immigrated to the Midwest, they brought their traditions with them, including this one. This is why Ohio and Pennsylvania received many German immigrants, that is, in the 17th and 18th centuries. And they also wished each other as many riches as they shed the cabbage and the sauerkraut they eat. Now, the practical magic of sauerkraut on New Year's Day is, we think, a healthier tradition. Starting the New Year off with sauerkraut is a good thing. So is this something we should do? The Pennsylvania Dutch apparently uh, believe in it as well. They're in for a sweet year, they call it. Um, Should we try this? And maybe we can get rid of COVID. Is that something? Yeah. A little sauerkraut <laughs> juice. Are you are you willing to try this experiment? <laughs> um, no, I don't. think. I th- guess I, at this I, point, nothing hurts. Like, yeah. what's what, we can try anything at this point. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's apparent- if it saves a life. If yeah. it saves a life, why not? Sauerkraut juice. All the fast absorbing vitamins and minerals that flood into your system. It helps relieve any leftover mistakes. So. Sauerkraut juice. Maybe this is what we should have done in March. We could have done some sauerkraut juice, and maybe we would have been a little bit better situation than we're now sitting here in late December. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, I guess your family, you'll not be eating sauerkraut juice Uh, at 11. Well, first of all, I probably won't even be awake, but (laughs) maybe I will. 11.59 and 59 seconds. Let's take that uh, spoonful. Like I've heard of a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. But I've never heard of a spoonful of sauerkraut juice will help uh, bring in a good year. So this is something my father-in-law taught me. <laughs> Look at that. Sauerkraut juice. So here's something nice that happened during the holidays. And I know people have been, you know, on their edge. There's some people doing. There's still good people. I always like I, I brought this up a couple weeks ago where I always feel like, you know, 90% of the population are good. You always have the 10% that are just a-holes. Right, ten percent, and but unfortunately, the ten percent outweigh the ninety. Right, I was gonna say they're the loudest. Oh, eighty. Oh, you're you're even. (laughs) You you think of it as eighty twenty. I like that. You know, twenty (laughs) percent. So you have twenty percent a holes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, you do live in L.A., so I'm just trying to figure that out. (laughs) Okay. Well, this is a nice story I wanted to read to you. So, uh, a woman who accidentally dropped eight hundred dollars cash in the mail in a drop off bin. Uh, is breathing a sigh of relief now. Um, this happened a couple of weeks ago, but um, she is, uh, she, after the money made its way back to her. So this is a nice thing. So Marsha Bukowski of Depew, New York. So that's a little bit further up. Uh, uh, you know, I think that's near Buffalo, right? Depew, New York. I'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out where that is. But anyway, she was mailing a bundle of Christmas greeting cards the weekend of December 13th when she mistakenly mailed an envelope containing $800 in $50 bills, and it was meant to be her mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. So she lost it, kind of like It's a Wonderful Life, where he lo- they lose the $8,000, right? Um, but the grandmother I- inserted the note into the U.S. Postal Service box, hoping to catch the attention of a mail carrier who served the receptacle. She even stood by the bin at 7.30 in the morning, hoping to catch a postal worker to ask for help, but to no avail. Bukowski told the outlet that she eventually contacted the United States Postal Postal Service representative who told her the envelope likely was picked up and put in a pile of undeliverable mail to be sorted later. They have 3,000 non-mail related items a year. Um, 
she just hoped that someone's honest out there like me and they'll be able to get the money back. She told the outlet at the time, but she got the money back. Uh, so good for her, right? That's a great story. It's a great story. You know, cause think about it. If you saw that in the mail, I mean, other than, you know, um, Mr. Potter in, in it's a wonderful life. Most people would give the money back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a lot of faith in the, in mankind. Do you? <laughs> you're, you're a little grumpy this morning. Mara. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like, I just feel like, to be honest, like the pandemic in general, I think has brought out like the worst in so many people. Right. I've really been very disheartened about things I'm reading and things I'm seeing. And I'm, it's nice to hear a nice story, but yes. maybe it's just, you know, I'm in L.A. and maybe things are just different over here, but just people are selfish. People are sneaky. People lie. It's yeah. really been very, like, eye-opening to me. Um, I would agree with you. I think the problem is, I think, too, is you don't hear a lot of people reporting this 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 nice news, right? You don't right. hear about the nice stuff. And maybe the nice stuff happens a lot more than we think. It's just not we're, reported. We're hearing about all the Karen, like Karens that are like yeah. attacking everybody all over the place. Yeah, I'm tired of that. Although my sister-in-law is Karen and she's a nice person. But, you know, I, yeah. I just I think that there is too much. I thought of, um, you know, one of my episodes was Positive News Network. I think we need more positive news. You know, yes. we, we need, you know, I, what I, we always hear and, and what, what aggravates me are a lot of things, as you know, because you know me for a long time. Um, what aggravates me is the fact that we only hear the negative stuff. So, like, for instance, we'll, we'll hear 100 new cases of COVID, right? We right. won't hear that 95 have already recovered, five, three are in the hospital and two are in the, you know, that are uh, maybe they had to, uh, they were sent home, right? We don't hear the, the positive story, the positive spin, which should be the headline. We bury the lead because if it leads, if it bleeds, it leads, right? That's right. kind of the way it is. And unfortunately, this whole pandemic, we only hear the negative stuff on how many cases, but we don't hear that, you know, you've recovered from it, right? There's there's a good chance you, you, you're going to recover from it, just like anything else, right? You, you, you yeah. don't know. So I think we need to have a little more positive, positive news. So anyway, yeah. speaking of positive news, you are working on a show, and this yeah. might be one that I'm finally going to watch. Uh, you, you know, I have watched your shows before. So just to kind of be, uh, before Mara went ahead and decided to have children, she had shows that she, she was a production assistant on. And I remember one with Paris Hilton. You made me watch one with Paris Hilton and Lionel Richie's daughter, Nicole Richie. And that was painful to watch. Painful. Painful to watch. Painful. But you were, on, you were, your name was in the credits as, as the production, uh, assistant. Now. You're the associate executive producer. Am I getting that right? Or associate? <laughs> no. 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 Okay. No, no. All right. All right. Get, get, let me figure this out. So explain this to me. <laughs> no, I'm just an associate producer. I basically, I work um, in reality TV and I work in the story department. So that means um, basically after in reality TV, first you film everything and there's different types. There's competition shows. There's docu-soaps. They're soft scripted. Um, and then after it's filmed, the story department gets a hold of it. And we're the ones who kind of divide it into episodes and make sure the episodes make sense. The story arcs connect. Um, you know, what you're watching makes sense because reality TV, if it's good or bad, it's kind of like taking a giant puzzle together and figuring it out and problem solving because it's 
snippets from all over the place. Now, what is our obsession in America with reality TV? Because Survivor's always been big. Uh, Cincinnati, they, they love it here uh, in this area. They love all the reality TV. What is so great about reality TV? Is it really real? That's the question we want to know. Is it, it obviously, <laughs> it, there is some scripted stuff, I would imagine, right? Well, I wouldn't say, it's hard to say, because like I said, there's different types of reality shows, you know, like Housewives, you know, The Real Housewives is kind of, they consider a docudrama, right. where it, it's, but then you have like Survivor, it's a game show. Okay. Um, then like a lot of the, the reality shows that have like a celebrity starring in it, um, you know, it's about their life and their house, I would say is probably more soft scripted, because... I mean, most everyone's life is pretty boring. If someone was following you around with a camera, I oh, mean, they would they'd like be a, put a, to sleep. They'd be put to sleep in a minute if they were doing right, that. Right, right. Yeah. So it's about, and that's part of my job too, is like weeding out anything interesting. But there has to be. It's not that it's scripted, but there has to be pre-production because otherwise they're going to be filming you for like a year to find ten minutes of your life that's exciting. Yeah, because you, so, you need something to get excited about. Right, exactly. So right, and they have to have like. You know, there's logistics with, you know, releases and camera, you know, where the cameras are allowed to go. So if you say if you're if the Len Harvey reality show and like you said, like, I want to go get Bloody, Mar Bloody Marys this afternoon. Well, like production has to find out where you're going to get Bloody Marys. If the cameras are allowed in that bar, if the bartender will sign an appearance release, if, you know, there's all these steps. So it's not really on the fly, you know, in a sense of being real but your relationships your character what you say what's going on in your life could be real right it's just con it's like condensed you know also if you have like a real job you know like you have a life a schedule so you have to work around that so that's but 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 like i said different shows have different formats so i know like the real world which was on mtv that was real um, in a sense that the cast was never allowed to talk to the crew. Oh. But it's very edited together to make a story. Whereas now it's, it's you know, pre-production and um, kind of a sense of schedule of what's going on to just kind of move things along. Um, if it's real or not real, it's still like the million-dollar question. To right. Well, at least it'll be on. So uh, this one yeah. for Tim Allen, obviously, Tim... Tim has been around for a long time. Home Improvement. He's got his other other show, which is which is on now. Mm -hmm. This reality show that you're working on now. Do you ever get to to meet? Uh, will you get to meet Tim Allen on this? Well, no, because of like COVID, right? Um, I wasn't. No, no, no one. We weren't like allowed on set. So I saw him in my from my living room through satellite. Oh, very nice. But but. If 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 this if the pandemic wasn't happening, I would have gone on set for a couple of days. He's just like the host of the show. Right, it's a competition okay. show, so not too much. Um, and when is this going to air? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it's coming up in the next couple of months, years. I, where are we where are we looking? Yeah, at? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in the next couple of months. Okay, so Tim Allen's reality show part of it. You got to look for the credits, and you'll see Mara Golding <laughs> as it. Now speaking of. Of it, your name very, very famous because your husband won an Emmy. I remember, right? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes. Now, now, 
you guys went to, I remember the pictures. You guys looked all fancy. Uh, he was in a tux. You're in this black gown. I mean, how uh, was it to go to an Emmy show? And when was that? It was, it's been a couple of years, right? I think it was three or four years ago. Okay. Maybe. I mean, it was surreal because my husband and I, you know, he's from Chicago. I'm from New York. We're not like LA. I don't know. You're stereotypical LA people. And, you know, I'm, I, even doing this i don't like i work in tv but i don't like being on tv and i don't like being recorded and um so both of us are kind of like that so for us to go to like a big emmy award show was like really nerve-wracking and what was it like um, when they announced that he won what was it like it was um well, it was very surreal. I mean, the whole thing is surreal because you're walking, you're walking like on the red carpet with everybody. Like we would see so many, we saw so many celebrities and, and then you see the paparazzi, like you're there, even though we, well, we went because he's an editor. We went the Saturday night or like the week before. So okay. it's not, it's not the big televised version that you guys see with the big shows. Okay. It's more like, but, um, but still like That's we a saw. That's huge deal. So many people. We got to go to the governor's ball after, which was so cool. Um, but he won. It just it just happened so fast. Like he and his team just stood up and went to the stage. And I, you know, I, I'm sitting there alone. And then he gets, you know, he goes um, backstage after to deal with, I guess, the press and and gets his award and it's this whole process. But I'm sitting alone in the audience while this is happening. <laughs> Well, how many times has your husband, you know, just kind of in casual conversation with maybe some friends and, and just brings up the fact that he has an Emmy? And <laughs> I mean, that would be something I'd bring up all the time. I've, by the way, I have an Emmy. I have an Emmy. Well, when, when it when it first happened, I was like, you're in shock. Because yeah. it's, it's like I said, we're little, like we're little regular people. We're not, you know. And you in particular very so, little, but that's a that's another yeah. story. SMO. But, but I remember taking to my, my son or daughter to the pediatrician or something like the next day. And I, the doctor's talking to me about something. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't even hear what you're saying. I have to tell you something. My husband won an Emmy last <laughs> night. I can't stop thinking about it. Like, oh my God. That's amazing. I yeah. couldn't, I was like in this cloud about it, reliving it for like a week. I did tell like random people because I just couldn't believe it. And then now it's just old news, oh, <laughs> but, but it's, News for me because I haven't talked to you in a long time. So this is yeah. this is stuff we see on Facebook, but was real. You know, the stuff that you see on Facebook is real. Sometimes there is some there is some good stuff. There's a lot of fake book, but this is this was real. So it's yeah, you stuff. pick up on your way out of the party. You pick up your your Emmy, and then but the plaque with like your name and comes later, later in the mail. Okay, well that's still that's fantastic that you're actually married to someone who won an Emmy. Uh, yeah. that's, that's a that's a great great. Great thing. So you and I um, met in, in a long time ago. We won't mention the year because we're, we're getting older, unfortunately. <laughs> but we met at a radio station in Westchester, New York. And uh, you were just happened to be interning at this radio station. So it's funny because um, I had someone else intern at um, and she was a guest also. And she was uh, Carol Crittenden. Carol went ahead and uh, she's got a music career now. So she was on my my show. She was an intern at an advertising agency that I worked at. So mm. I guess I just, you know, like talking to interns. I don't know. Well, you know <laughs> what it is? You spend a lot of time together. And I think that's what yeah. happened. So we, you and I went to a movie premiere uh, with the station because the 
I don't know if you remember this, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. And this is uh, what I remember. We saw the um, Steve Martin com- um, comedy when he played. Uh, it was the Army movie, and I'm thinking this is all going in my head fluid. So work with me here, uh, Sergeant Bilko. You don't remember what? Sergeant? We got to I don't see. Know that was, I don't yeah, that, that was, was it. it. That was it. Was it? We had I to review it, a- it. We had to review it. Don't you remember? I thought it was a Leslie Nielsen movie, like a spoof of of uh, like Naked Gun or something like uh, that. I don't know. Maybe oh. it was. I I remember one thing and you remember another. So it was it was <laughs> it was over twenty years ago. But anyway, right. Sergeant Bilko and I remember writing something at the review. To me, it was funny because I wrote um, when I watched the movie. I really liked it. I said it's the best army movie since Stripes. And <laughs> sure enough, in the Daily News, about a couple weeks later, I saw a review that said it was the best army movie since stripes. I'm like, they took my suggestions to heart. There you go. I was in the newspaper, but anyway, we, uh, you worked at a radio station, but never really wanted to get into radio. You, you, you wanted to be behind the scenes all the time. Um, cause you didn't, yeah, I, you weren't really on the air. You were doing other stuff. Um, behind, yeah, I was right? helping when I, when I was with you, they had me more like in the promotions department. That's what they called okay. it. So I would help set up, these events you know like a farmer's market with a radio station and and then give out t-shirts and prizes and it was more advertising for local businesses you were living the glamorous life I was driving the van <laughs> that, that van all over westchester fun fun stuff um, and then then you moved out to la to to start something now you you went ahead after college decided i'm going to la what makes somebody go to la well when i was in college I spent a semester, well, I was majoring in TV and radio in school, and then I spent a semester in L.A. with friends, and I interned at Tonight Show with Jay Leno and Party of Five, and I just had, like, a blast. I was with my friends, and the weather's warm, and it was something different, yeah. so a lot of me, like, my college friends and I just moved out after college just to try something new, and I just ended up staying. <laughs> Man, look at this! And so you're still you're still in LA. Now you have two two kids, right? You've got. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing how uh, it, it just continues to go. And and at, at 29, you haven't aged a bit. That's amazing. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm seeing you through the face through the FaceTime. Uh, not everybody will be able to see you on the FaceTime, which is we keep it. That's why we keep it on the, uh, you know, just recording. We don't we don't do the. Although everybody has asked me, uh, how come I don't stream it? Like how come I don't stream the episodes? And I'm. I'm, you know, just not interested. Are you, you know, no. what are your, what are your <laughs> no, thoughts you. of the podcast being streamed? Yes. Oh, well, I know we won't stream this one. You and I have had the conversation that that was not going to be the case when we did this <laughs> at all. At all. Uh, but, you know, L.A. is one of those places. I, I, I always like to tell a joke. There's a reason those people are three hours behind us. But, of course, I'm not insulting you, Mara, because I, I do understand, you know, in it. Did you see that Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch was uh, just sold? Did you see that? <laughs> I, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, apparently the the original asking price in 2016 was a hundred million dollars, and then it dropped uh, to 67 million, and I think it was just sold. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that it was sold for 22 million dollars to a new owner in billionaire businessman Ron Burkle, 2,700 acre property near santa barbara uh land banking opportunity the whole thing um 
So it's got uh, 12,005. This is this will be a house that you'll get when you win more Emmys. 12,500 square foot main residence, 3,700 square foot pool house. The property boasts a separate building with a 50 seat movie theater and dance studio. Other features are uh, the Disney style train station, a firehouse and a barn. So a lot of stuff for the Neverland Ranch, Michael Jackson. But 22 million only. That doesn't seem like that much. What are your thoughts? No, I, I guess, mean, not in L.A. It's, it's hard for me to say. That's, Maybe there's a lot of upkeep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It could be. Maybe it wasn't in good condition, right, after all these years after uh, Michael had passed away that it was probably they, not taken care of. They probably can't get rid of it. <laughs> well, true. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Would you want to live in that, you know, the, the Neverland Ranch? But right, I, guess, right. I guess he'll probably redo some things and – uh, but good news for Ron Burkle because, you know, billionaires just keep getting richer and $22 billion, he's got a house. But I always like to say, even if you have that kind of money, what in the world do you need? How many how many family members are you going to have live in this house? Like, most <laughs> people have five people at most. That's what I've got right now. Let's just say yeah. I have five people. Do you really need, um, you know, 2,700 acres? Do you really need a 12,000 square foot home? I mean, let's be honest. Or do I need a movie theater in my house? It would be nice, I guess, but do we really need that? It's a little exca- yeah. extravagant. Yeah, but also, like, as a homeowner, you know, taking care of a house is no joke. No, it's a pain in the neck. So it look, like looks glamorous on TV, but imagine, like, trying to change the toilet paper roll for 15 bathrooms and yeah. keeping track of, like, all that stuff. These are the things. This is why I like bringing you on, because these are the things I would not have thought about changing the toilet paper roll in 15 bathrooms. And this day and age, with everybody stealing or hoarding the toilet paper, it would be difficult to keep up with that. Yeah, I mean, you would have to have just the, the amount of people to keep yeah. up the house. Yes. It's insane, and it's exhausting. Exhausting. Or if you're doing laundry and have to walk a mile to put it away. Well, have you seen this, uh, speaking of laundry, have you seen the new LG commercial where they're singing, Dirty, baby, I've got your laundry. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, right. Have you have you ever in your life ever danced and sang while you were doing laundry? <laughs> no, I mean, this is Never. ridiculous. I mean, I know commercials are supposed to be cute and funny, but nobody's dancing and singing. I don't care if you get this LG machine. You're not dancing. Dirty, baby, I've got your laundry. You're right. You're not no. doing that. Okay. All right. No. I, just, I just want to make sure this is all the things. <laughs> uh, well, Mary, you know, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush. You can also follow on Twitter, which I'm sure you're going to run to right after this episode at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. You can listen. So all these ways you can listen, Mary, you can do it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. You can ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush on Amazon Music. It's also on Stitcher. Half of these things, I don't even know what they are. But Am I am I allowed to have a grievance of my own real quick? Yes, you can. Uh, we're not finished. You go right ahead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Mara's grievance. Okay, we won't call it Mara. Yeah, for obvious yes. reasons. Go ahead. Well, I'll say, and hearing you say my name, for some reason, people out here keep calling me Mara. But it's Mara. It's Mara. And I did say and it right, didn't I? And you say it you say it like a New Yorker and yeah. you say it how I prefer. And and it's funny because, you know, I work freelance and I'm constantly meeting new people. And I always know right away who's from the East Coast and who's from out here because they have the eh, the way they yeah. say my name. Mara. No. 
And this is my grievance. It's All like, right. okay, I understand when you pronounce, and this is in general, when you pronounce someone's name wrong and they say, my name, they'll call me Mara. Yeah. And I'll say, oh, can you please call me Mara? Mara, yeah. And I'll say, they'll say, okay, Mara. Oh. Like, I'm constantly telling people how to pronounce my name to the point where I give up and I have people calling me Mara, which is like nails on a chalkboard. No offense to other Maras out there. Yes. But, but I'll literally, at certain jobs, be sitting next to a woman named Sarah, and they'll call her Sarah, and they'll call me Mara. doesn't make any sense, because and, it's Mara. It's easy. Right. Yeah. It's easy. And it, I am telling you, it is like the biggest, it's a joke out here. People just, and they make fun of me for making a big deal about it. But my grievance is, if someone tells you you're mispronouncing their name, you should listen to them and take note of it and respect them. Remember, you have two ears, yes. only one mouth. Use it wisely, right? Two ears. Listen. Right. I just, Listening I don't skills. understand. I mean, it's literally, and I'm not joking. I'd say, they'll say, hi, what's your name? I'll say, hi, I'm Mara. Nice to meet you. And they'll say, nice to meet you, Mara. I'm not joking oh. in the same sentence. Oh, goodness. Well, I'll make sure. I don't know sure. why people do that. Yes. We've we got to have a pronunciation guide on the podcast. So what I'd like you to do is send me how you want it. We'll, we'll put the pronunciation guide on your name. But it's not Mara. It's Mara. And that's yes. easy to say. I have another friend, Mara. And she's a Mara or she's a Mara? She's a Mara. She's yeah. uh, worked in radio also. So that's kind of uh, interesting to have two friends that are that are Mara. But uh, that is uh, another pet peeve while, while you brought this up. So now you got me thinking. So yeah. for years, this has happened, and it's kind of a funny story. So my name is, as you know, Len or Lenny, right? Very easy. When I say my name, when they say who I am, I say Len. I would say 40% will say Glenn with a G. <laughs> and I say, no, Len, Len with an L. Do I go, do I stutter? You know, I'm in the radio, but I speak pretty clearly, but apparently yeah. this is something that people don't understand. So... This is kind of a funny story because my, my son played uh, peewee football for a while mm -hmm. and we got friendly with people mm -hmm. and these people come up to me and I told them my name and I said, it's Len and you know, blah, blah, blah. And later on they'd call me Glenn. <laughs> so I didn't correct them because at some point you just have to just go with it. Right. Right. So right. later on about, I don't know, about a month later, I, you know, and we're, we're friends to this day and we make a big joke out of it, but. She came up to me and she said, you know, I really want to apologize. I said, why? She said, because I've been calling you Glenn all this time and I know your name now is Len. And I said, no, <laughs> it said you can call me, any, you know, you can call, as long as you don't call me an a-hole, you can call me whatever you want. Uh, and it's right. a big joke. So there was a couple of people involved in it. And, and to this day, I'll get a text or whatever or um, birthday wish and it'll be Glenn, happy birthday. Or, you know, even though she knows and I'll say Glenn approves this message or uh, that kind of thing. But it turned out to be a funny thing. But it is a pet peeve of mine that people don't listen to when I say Len. They think it's Glenn and it's not. Nothing against Glenn, but that's right. not, you know, not my name. Right. Say my name. Right. Say it. And it's it's Len. something like I just it's something on the West Coast. I don't know what it is. Like yeah. people just can't get my name. And I have another I have a work friend who's from Long Island. And every time I work with him. And he says my name. I'm like, oh, that's how you say it. Everyone listen to this guy. So it's I'm, Mara. 
Mara. I am, Mara, I am so pleased that you came on the show so that I can <laughs> I can pronounce your name correctly, and I'm glad I, I passed the test after all these years. But it's been a pleasure. I'm sorry that you go through this. We will make sure that it never <laughs> happens again. And Glenn appreciates this for you because, yes. you know, Glenn Harvey, apparently, that's <laughs> that's well, what I will be known at. You can hear Lens Burning Bush in 29 states. District of Columbia has been downloading. Uh, UK, Ireland, Germany, Switzerland, Norway, France, Mexico, Japan, Alberta, Canada, and now I just saw Turkey was one that listened. Like to, I've had, um, you know, what's interesting: the uh, United Kingdom or or um, you know Great Britain. Uh, they I've gotten some downloads there on a regular basis. So I just want to wish everybody, you know, a happy New Year. Um, you know, I hope everybody had a great Christmas. Uh, happy New Year to you and your family, Mara. And and you oh, won't yeah. be celebrating at midnight uh, with a big with a noisemaker and all that. Are you doing that? Are you going to do the noisemakers at home? Probably not. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> good. I, I wouldn't have thought. It. But 2021 <laughs> hopefully will be a little bit better in in 2021. 20, uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks to Mara Golding. I'm Lynn Harvey, and it's not. Mara, it's Mara Golding. I'm Lynn Harvey. We'll be back again with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.